Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Flight School Podcast. I am your host, Turner Medlicott, joined today by two dudes who are dying on camera right now, as I am trying not to. Uh, Jonah Lossi and DJ Walker. Adrian just disappeared off screen. He's, he's laughing so hard. We're having we're having a great time, as you as you can see. Um, but last laughter aside, how are y'all doing uh, oh. as we enter in this first week in May? Oh, we're doing great. I just paid off my uh, my car loan, so that's clear. Nice. I, I've lost enough. Well, what about your car's can... extended warranty? Oh well, I keep get I get enough calls about that, so I don't worry. I don't ever forget. Um, and I've lost enough weight to where I can wear uh, my Carolina Railhawks jersey. So nice. You know, oh yeah, it's a throwback. So yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Work's kind of crazy this week, but life's living. Adrian, didn't we go to a Railhawks game together? We did. Then? We went uh, with Judah. Yeah. Yep. Dang, that was back in like high school. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Anyway, how, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, very, very busy week. Uh, this week is like, you know, the sort of hardcore training that you, they put you through um, to get you ready, like, uh, to actually work for Twitter. So um, I am, my mind is already frazzled before we've even started um, this podcast. So Excited to see what nonsense comes out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll help Adrian out before we get into it. He uh, he needs some desk chair recommendations. So yeah, if yeah. Hit, if, if you, you have a desk chair up, recommendation, you're listening to this. Hit me up. <laughs> we we need it. Adrian needs it specifically. Uh, but speaking of recommendations, uh, we need to figure out how our teams did in the draft. Um, and I think. Uh, I'll How go is that speaking of recommendations? I don't know. You can just say speaking of and then transition to the next topic. That's how I form like half of my transition. Yeah, I know. That is how you form half of them. It doesn't make sense. Look, it, it's... Get better. It's, you need, a, to, we you a need month to train. Left in the, we got a month left in the school year. You I need to take Jonah's school of, trying is, school of transitions. You, you, you know you got a rough transition game whenever my, when my internet glitches. And it goes to the next subject without me hearing it. That's a better transition. That's <laughs> you know, you know. Well, Turner's well, Turner got that like one twenty ping transition game going on. <laughs> like I don't. Well, well, screw it because I'm wearing I'm wearing the card shirt, so I'm gonna go first, and I'm just gonna force my way into the topic by going first. So I'll start with the Cardinals uh, in the draft. Um, and I felt okay about it. I felt I was upset our, our first pick. We picked up Zaven Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa, a freakishly good athlete, um, probably going to be a great NFL player. Um, but we don't – like, that's not our highest priority in, in terms of defense or offense. I was very surprised that we didn't grab um, – one of the many talented cornerbacks still on the table. Um, but uh, the more I saw out of him and his work ethic, I think he's going to be a great addition to the locker room and the team. Um, outside of that, we picked up another speedy small wide receiver, which we have plenty of. So that's fine, I guess. Uh, but my favorite pick, honestly, 
um, is we got that cornerback from Florida, Marco Wilson, who threw the shoe at the LSU guy and uh, lost lost Florida that game. Um, and that's probably either going to translate really well as a lesson for him into the NFL um, or he's going to add to the fact that we were the most penalized team in the NFL next last year and he's only going to uh, add to that. But a pick like that like, could go either way are sort of my favorite late round picks and he was a round four pick for us uh, and we really need young cornerbacks uh, and the, that dude has a crazy high vertical. There's a picture of him um, I'll have to send y'all later where he literally out jumped the um, like vertical leap uh, thing. He'd like his hand went higher than the top of it, which I didn't realize was possible. Um, or I guess they set it way too low, but still uh, it was kind of crazy, but overall um, we were safe. We weren't that aggressive uh, and it's a make or break season. And I feel like you've got to be a little bit aggressive in a make or break season so I'm a little bit concerned on how much this actually makes us better rather than it just kind of fills in some things that we'd like to see. Um, but I'll take it, I guess, is where I'll leave it. Um, Jonah, how did you feel about your Steelers? Um, it was slightly predictable and a little underwhelming at times because – I think everyone knew we were taking a running back in the first two rounds, and most people expected us. And you to take. didn't take Javante. We didn't take Javante, but if someone said the Steelers took a running back in the first round, it was going to be Najee Harris. Like that, that was going to be the pick. The yeah. hope was that you take an offensive lineman, you gamble, and Javante Williams falls to you in the mid to late second round. At the end of the day, that wasn't going to happen. You got in. He's kind of unanimous, the best running back in the draft. I still think Javante will have just as good, if not a better career. But on paper, Najee Harris is the better running back. I get it. The size, the athleticism, the productivity over years, you know, playing against. Did he have a better line? Maybe. But he also was in the SEC. So, you know, he had to go against dogs a lot of the time. So I like the pick. I was happy that we went, we addressed probably our biggest need after losing uh, James Conner. Um, the second pick I was a little disappointed with because we went tight end instead of line. Um, now, as a team who has been carved up by tight ends my entire fandom, I get it. Whether it be Algie Crumpler getting three touchdowns on me when I was a child or it be Rob Gronkowski making me question my fandom of football altogether. Um, I get getting a good tight end. And this guy's slightly reminiscent. He's like a 6'5", 250 athlete, athlete who has a chance of being a solid blocker. Get that. Probably, my I'll say what's so funny is my two favorite picks are as our third-round pick. We got a guard, uh, Kendrick Green, which A, I think is a great name. Uh, Kendrick Green, I, I judge a lot of people based on their names. And Kendrick Green is a fantastic name, especially for a guard. And he can play either guard or center. And I think he has is going to be on the fast track to start the first his first or second year, uh, especially with Marquise Pouncey retiring for the Steelers. He is, I think, an underrated guard, and he kind of reminds me of um, Kevin Dotson, who we drafted in the fourth round last year, who kind of went under the radar by most people in the league, but he ended up starting a couple games for us, and he was an All American his senior year, and he wasn't invited to the to the combine. And people are like, what the hell? Like, how are you an All-American 
and you weren't invited to the combine. I think the pro football focus says it had him as top two guard in the country. And he went, fell to us the fourth round. And he's probably going to be a starter this year. But the pick I have talked about the most is the punter out of Georgia Tech, Presley Harvin the third. Yes, sir. The, the, the Chunkasaurus Rex himself. <laughs> he's like six foot two fifty, and he he's the he is a and he's not just a meme. He's a Ray Guy winner, which goes to the top punter in the in the land, which he was last year. And he actually used to be Finn. I don't know what happened the last two years where he just ballooned up. He gained like thirty pounds. I'm not really sure what happened there, but I love it because. You know, this man also threw like a 50 yard bomb for a touchdown and he dropped it in the bread basket. Like he has an arm, he has a cannon leg. And how often does a seventh round pick do anything, let alone make the team after two years? This guy could be our future punter. Let's hope because we've had punter issues for years. So if it works out, that's probably my favorite pick in the draft. It's, it's, it's funny as hell and I love it. I really love Presley Harvin. Even the Nathan Bernstein said we just we got confused at the draft sheet and thought we drafted the wrong P. Harvin, but that's what it is. <laughs> I I love when you can be excited about guys like that towards the later rounds. Cause I I mean the Cardinals drafted two dudes in the seventh round that I probably won't care about. In we never see months. most likely like they might yeah. make the practice squad, they might make the team, and you know sometimes it works out. You know we drafted Antonio Brown in the sixth round. You know, that it works out. We 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 have had success in the past. Every team has their example of one. But, you know, the likelihood of you taking, you know, a swing. You look at the Steelers' two seventh-round picks. We took an All-American, and we took the guy who was second, who was tied for first in the Big 12 in interceptions as a safety. It's like, okay, you didn't take prospects because you can't get prospects at that point. You take gamers. And that's what I respect so much because so often in the draft we see just ball players passed on for the sake of the, maybe they're not the best athlete. And I think it's why a lot of people are going to look at Devontae Smith later on and be like, damn it, how did how was he the third wide receiver taken in this draft? He's so good. And it's the same reason he was the Heisman winner this year. He's not impressive when you look at him now if, compared to a normal human being. But who produces? In the later rounds, you just need to get ball players. And that's what exactly what we did. And so I love uh, those picks. That still give us a B because we got some kind of boring picks and we got some hit or miss guys. And the problem with drafting Najee Harris and my problem and my idea is that your running back can only do so much if you don't have a good line, and we don't have a good line yet. So we'll see. Adrian, how about how about your Panthers? How how you feeling? How did the well, Panther? Is a retreat you this year? I'll throw it this way, and I'll be quick um, because I'm a certified Panthers casual. I wouldn't <laughs> say I'm a diehard uh, by any stretch of, of the imagination, but I, the Panthers for once weren't entirely stupid with their draft pick, but or, or with their draft picks. But um, I would say in the first round, once again, you hope that the team takes the smart option and I think what ended up happening is they overthought it they tried to get too smart with it um so they took JC Horn cornerback out of South Carolina um and honestly he will be a good fit alongside uh Jeremy Chin and and Dante Jackson like he will make 
Carolina's secondary legit um, for for the years to come, or hopefully make the secondary legit for years to come. But it doesn't really fit team needs, um, and it doesn't feel like he was the best player on the board either. Um, when you're still when you're picking at eight, so I'm a bit disappointed. I wasn't super frustrated but I was a bit disappointed um with what the Panthers decided to do in the first round and then um you move past that I mean they got Terrence Marshall Jr. in the second round um wide receiver so hopefully he pans out because god DJ Moore needs some help um in the receiving core and if they're banking on Sam Darnold to do anything he's gonna need weapons yeah so um I I just I'm not sold once again on what the Panthers are trying to do, but it wasn't, it wasn't the worst possible outcome. I'll put it that way. We didn't, we didn't draft Mac Jones. I would say that's kind of been our reaction to the three of us is all three of us were like, yeah, okay. But uh, the last thing I'll say in relation to your Panthers is that my lasting memory of uh, JC Horn uh, is the time that Sam Howell threw a voodoo pass through his hands um, his freshman yep. year. It's the only reason I knew who <laughs> he was. The, That's genuinely the only reason I knew who he was. Is from yep. I was like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so he's but, he's an exceptional player. I mean, no, the numbers great. that he put up at South Carolina were phenomenal. Yeah, but um, South Carolina. But I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> But, but he, the, he went up against premier SEC wide receiver talent. So, yeah, I, I, I feel good that he's going to – he's not going to be a bust. Um, he'll at least be a starter, I think, um, for Carolina. And I think he has the chance to be really, really good considering they already have Jeremy Chin and Dante Jackson. Um, that secondary could be something in a couple of years. Could almost be as good as the – unc football secondary i don't know if it'll be maybe like tony grimes or something like that i don't like tony grimes you know i'm just saying jonah Jonah said no college pod this week i want to i might mention tony grimes anyway i'm gonna gonna get we said no college pods i'm gonna i'm gonna get tony i'm gonna get but that's in there that's that's a good setup jonah because tony grimes is gonna be uh just like these tar heels that got drafted um this year in a few years once he's all american status um, I'm, I'm working it out. We were bad. We're middle of the road. Now we're, I was, we're well, I was going to say you should have gone off the cornerbacks. I mean, I gave you perfect. We were talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Move but forward. Anyway, all, all, all five of the UNC players that declared for the draft signed agents and all that, and all five that we expected to get drafted were drafted. Um, Javante early, early in the second round, um, kind of hate the fact that he's going to be on a mediocre at best team for a while in the Broncos, but that's fine. Um, I think uh, Michael Carter wasn't next. It was, um, it was, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name as a linebacker next. Yeah. Chaz, yeah, it was Chaz. Was Chaz next. next? I thought it was Michael before Chaz, but I could be wrong. No, Chaz, Chaz, no, Chaz was in the went, third round. Yeah, oh, okay. Chaz went in the third round to the Vikings where he gets to be reunited with a couple Tar Heels, um, Jake Vargas uh, being one of them. And then we had uh, Michael Carter and I believe 
Um, Daz Newsom in the fourth round. Uh, no, Daz was the sixth round. Uh, Dayami was in the fourth. Dayami was in the in the fourth round, and then finally Daz Newsom in, in the sixth round. Um, and I really feel like all of those guys can go ball wherever they're going to be. Um, My apologies. Uh, Dayami was actually uh, third round as well because we yeah. we had we had three and we had three in day two i yeah so we all of those guys i mean definitely you expect more of javante um and you know maybe diami brown to be more day one contributors to their teams um I, i'm pretty sure that javante is going to be if not the starter in a pretty heavy rotation in denver um but even a guy like daz who's drafted in the sixth round um Daz is an incredibly talented wide receiver who I could definitely see surprising some people uh, put in that position. Um, but of all the players taken, who do y'all think got put in the best situation to start their their career? Um, I'm probably just going to say Javante just because being picked so high, um, everyone kind of knew he was going to be one of those fellas. He, he was going to be one of those guys that is probably going to be a relatively high pick in fantasy because rookie running backs have been you know, going crazy. Yep. And so I think we're going to see the Javante hype. I don't know exactly what the running back room is going to look like by the end of this off season in Denver. Um, but they are a team that is shifting, but always has higher expectations. Um, and I think he's a guy that is going to be expected Ooh. to succeed. Now, whether he will, that's harder because it, there is a learning curve in the NFL, but I think if you're talking about who's the guy that you're going to see in headlines the most, I'd probably see uh, him and Diami personally, because Diami Brown is a highlight reel. I mean, that's what he was at UNC, and he's not going to get a lot of touches, but the ones he are, once he will, are probably going to be people going like, wow, like look at this rookie going, catching a 40-yard bomb on the sideline. Like, it's probably going to be those guys. Um, whereas I, I think Chaz, it's been shocking. Um uh, the, the NFL linebackers coming out of North Carolina are actually something right now. Even like probably the best one is Cole Holcomb. Dude, <laughs> and, he's been balling out in Washington. And undrafted, uh, just balling out. And like, there's obviously something in the water when it comes to Chapel Hill linebackers right now. And I think Chaz is going to struggle early on due to the speed um, of the game. And I don't think we're going to see him play quite as much as maybe we want early on. But I like get back getting back to the question. Stop rambling. I think Javante and Deami are going to be the guys making the splashes early on. Yeah, I would I would follow that up. I think sticking in Washington, I think Deami Brown, especially now that we saw that Terry McLaurin could be a legit wide receiver one. Um, having Deami Brown paired up next to him, once that team gets a legit quarterback. Um, that's like stable in the rotation. I think it's going to be, I, I think Diami, maybe not this year, but in the coming years um, could be set up to be in the best position. I like Javante in Denver, but I'm also a bit hesitant because they have such a crowded backfield of like wannabe RB ones, but not really. They're more like RB threes. Um, who excel into RB2 territory at times. Yeah, I, I think the the one player I'd still want to highlight is I feel like Michael Carter probably won't be contributing contributing 
as much at the beginning of the season, but I'm not really sold on any of the other Jets running backs. And I, I definitely feel like uh, he, Michael Carter, could take over that position by season's end, if not by the next season. Um, yeah, and if, if I'm betting on my money it, to outwork anybody, it's going to be Daz Newsom and Michael Carter. Like, that's the thing with, like, yep. now I think Javante and Deami have amazing work ethics. There's no doubt. But in terms of that grit and I think they, that extra year of grinding and dealing with a crap program, I think Javante, oh, I think Michael and Daz stuck with the program and dealt with the highs and lows and nothing's going to stop them kind of thing. And I think that's why I agree with what Adrian was talking about with Daz. I think all he wanted was to make it into the league. He didn't care if he was drafted in the first round, seventh round, or went undrafted and got signed as a free agent. The cat's going to make a team. I'm pretty certain of that. If not this year, the next year, I think Das is going to be making plays in some form or fashion as a, you know, for first receiver to a fifth at some point, Das is going to do whatever the hell he, can, he wants to, to get on the field. And, you gotta love. You never better against those guys. I think Michael's the same way. Same sort of thing. When I don't think anyone overreacted to his forty time because he ran a series subpar forty, but we know he's faster than that, and no one really gave a damn because he's a baller. <laughs> like you know, yep. when he goes out and, there, well, and that's what quick. you said. In the later rounds, you pick ballers. Yeah, yep. And that's that's the kind of and those those are exactly what those two cats are. You bet on them because they have a higher chance of succeeding at a will less than their talent. Um. Versus just take, taking a flyer on somebody who might be stupid athletic, but doesn't know the game at all. Um, both happen, but I'm putting my money on somebody who just has the know-how of the game. Fair, fair enough. Um, the one thing I, I want to ask y'all before we probably get to, I want to say maybe the biggest pick because it was probably the biggest trade up on draft night is did y'all – I know a big story from the draft was the the college reunions of Lamar Chase and Joe Burrow and then Jalen Waddle uh, and Tua Tagovailoa. Um, did y'all like those picks for either team? I didn't particularly. I know we were. I know Lamar Chase is is a great wide receiver. He's probably might be the best wide receiver of this class, but I know. Me and Adrian felt pretty strongly about the the Bengals drafting a, a premier offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow. Um, so I know how we feel about that, but uh, what were y'all's feelings about those picks outside of them being like college reunion? Uh, I, I thought it was interesting because I think Waddle is – I have no, I'm just not really convinced by him yet. And not to say that I don't think he's one of the top five wide receivers in the draft. It's – it seemed like dead certain that he was better than Javon, than uh, Devontae Smith. And I'm like, is he? Because, you yeah. know, I don't know if he is. Like, it's I respect him. I think he's going to be an amazing pro. Um, I didn't mind that one as much as I, I do agree that the Bengals probably messed up with not drafting a lineman. But my thing is maybe they weren't convinced by what they had this year with one of those premier offensive linemen, as you mentioned. They look, you know, they looked at him. They probably just didn't really like what they saw in terms of like, did they think they were going to be an average tackle? And did they think Jamar Chase was going to be a pro ball wide receiver? And if you can make it work now, again, 
if Pinizuel ends up being a 10 time pro uh, all pro and, you know, and they passed up on the guy that's going to save their quarterback's ass, who has already dealt with a season ending injury. That's bad. But at the same time, maybe Joe Burrow wanted Jamar chase. And they were like, Hey, we got to keep our guy happy. Not only are we getting the best wide receiver in the draft, we're getting his teammate. (laughs) That, That I get. But at the same time, what a player wants, especially a rookie, isn't always necessarily what the team should do. Um, because I mean, you look at the Cincinnati wide receiver courts, actually pretty strong. Tyler Boyd, um, I think, is going to be quite good in a couple of years' time. Yes, they just lost A.J. Green. Um, but I, I look at their wide receiver court, I don't think it needed any bolstering, whereas their offensive line desperately needs help. Um, and if you have that chance, if you have any chance to take any sort of lineman, whether they turn out to be average or whether they turn out to be a 10 time pro bowler, you take it. Um, because you, you just, you have to work on protecting your quarterback, especially when the that quarterback proved that they can be your franchise QB for years to come and already suffered a season ending injury in his first year. Yeah, I I think I probably like the Dolphins pick just a little bit better for that reason, but I'm not sold on either of them. I think both players are going to be great, um, but Waddle was getting like the next Tyreek Hill comparisons, and he might be, but I just felt like those were just like way overhyped and way oversold and kind of puts an unfair comparison for the guy going into the pros. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, it was hard for me. I, I also want to say, um, and we talked about this a bit on draft night. I, I think it was kind of anticipated that Devonte Smith could go third, um, among the wide receivers, but I still, still think it's a bit stunning that the Heisman winner that was a wide receiver was not the top wide receiver picked and not even the second wide receiver picked in the NFL draft. He was the third wide receiver picked. Um, we talked about way back when, when he won the Heisman, how big of a deal it was that a position player won the Heisman and it hadn't been right. done in so maybe long. it hurt him because Heisman winners are so consistently eh, <laughs> in the pros. Maybe they were like, oh, well, we were going to pick him first, but no, no, he got the Heisman now. He's got I, back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I just, I look at it and. I feel like Devontae Smith made Mac Jones a first-round pick. Um, And I don't necessarily know if you could argue the same thing with the other two wide receivers, um, that they elevated their quarterback's play versus the other way around. So I would would draw that back just a little bit and say that Alabama as a whole made Mac Jones. Devonte Smith was a huge part of that, and and you're absolutely right. Someone, um, one of the people I was convinced was destined to fail beyond belief was Mac Jones, but now that he's in New England, I feel like he's going to terrorize the Steelers for his entire career, which is going to be 15 years or some godforsaken thing. Like, I I'm not convinced by Mac Jones at all. But did y'all see the the side to side of him walking into draft night with Bill Belichick walking onto the field? Because yep. good God, we're we're done. Like Mac Jones, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick is going to love him more than his own little boy eventually because he's just going to merge into the same human being. <laughs> um, 
I'm not excited about that. I think Mac Jones fits New England too damn much. <laughs> and I hate yeah. it. I really hate it. So, oh well. We'll see. But, you know, I'm I'm honestly not convinced by him. There's several players in this draft I'm not convinced by. This was not that that of an interesting draft to me because I didn't like a lot of the players. No, um, but I think one of the, the best picks of the first round um, was the Bears trading up to get Justin Fields at 11. That was, I think, my you know top pick of the first round. And even then... Yeah, I don't I'm agree. Not... <laughs> what? And so I said, yeah, and I don't agree. Uh, I like the pick, I like what you were about to say, but what you were getting to is they gave up a first round, a fifth, and a fourth round pick to move up eight spots to get a quarterback who is going to be very hit or miss and well, is not going to succeed in his first year. And that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I thought that was one of the better picks of the first round and I'm still not entirely sold on Justin Fields, even though I trust him a lot more than I do or trust his potential a lot more than I do Mac Jones. Um, but I don't know. I've, I think we've all kind of gotten a little bit of distaste for the bears organization in past years, especially as it led up to draft night and especially as ESPN ran that ludicrous bit about how, you know, picking in the first round could make your franchise or ruin it. And when they said ruin it, they showed Mitch being picked second. That's like, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't realize that Mitch ran that front office and made all the team personnel decisions and Bears fans have a lot of uppity attitude for a team that managed to get to a Super Bowl and be single-handedly lose because of a name named Rex Grossman, who was one of <laughs> yeah, the worst like, quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, is leading your team. You just shut up. I'm the Bears when, are the most morbid franchise other than the Detroit, and I and I would never take that from Detroit because they pride themselves in being depressed, and that. The Bears don't deserve happiness. When's the last time that the Bears legitimately had a franchise quarterback? Has that happened in our lifetimes? Because I really don't think I so. I mean, Jay Cutler was close, I guess. I mean, that's that was, was their that's, Okay, and if Jay Cutler yeah, is your guy. He was. <laughs> that was their guy. I'm not saying he was amazing, but that was their guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> genuinely, I don't know. And. And, and don't get me wrong, I really hope that Justin Fields takes this and runs away with it because the Bears actually have a solid surrounding team. Like, they have for a couple of years. They just haven't quite been able to figure it out when it matters most. They haven't gotten the weapons to gel. They haven't gotten the quarterback play to be consistent. <laughs> coaching staff. They That's what I was getting to. Mostly they <laughs> haven't gotten the coaching staff to be good coaching staff. I don't think Matt Nagy is a good NFL head coach. Um, well, let's just uh, say that let's just say this, uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, finished fifth all time in passing yards for the bears. Um, fifth? Fifth. yeah. Um, and we're going to count up from five. We're going, uh, Jim McMahon, who is the crazy bastard for those, uh, eighties teams. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, who's there from 87 to 93. Um, Sid Luckman from 39 to 50. <laughs> And then number one, so Sid Luckman was second all time with 14,686 passing yards. The clear number one by almost 9,000 passing yards, Jay Cutler, their best quarterback in franchise history. Well, you know, I guess I I trashed him (laughs) earlier. 
but I guess he he was their savior. He just did so I'm much. Pretty sure Drew Brees has more combined passing yards than their, their entire franchise history. Like I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, I get it, Bears fans. Like Cardinals don't have a great history of quarterback play, other than a few years of of Court Warner in Court there. Warner, War- yeah, Kurt. Hey, the only hey, to be the fair, the only himself. reason why the Bears don't or dislike Mitch Trubisky at this point in time was because it was clear Deshaun Watson probably should have been taken over him, um, and Patrick Mahomes has turned out to be what he is. But back back in that day in that draft, was it questionable to pick him at number two? Sure, it still wasn't a bad pick at that point in time. No. It was a, no. it was only a bad pick because they also traded up to get yes. Mitch. I think that was my only complaint at the time. Well, but, and what's so funny is that yes, it was a bad pick, but you can arguably say that he has had one of the most successful seasons in recent history for the Bears, being a Pro Bowl quarterback who won the NFC North, which they no. haven't done. They hadn't done in like a decade. <laughs> uh, yes, probably since they made the Super Bowl, like in two thousand five or. So something like yep yeah no it's it just i just i'm and when you I'm bring in the, nick Foles, i'm over <laughs> i'm over the bears i hope that justin fields is actually successful but i'm i'm over the bears um and i'm over talking about him um the last thing i'll say if deshaun they took deshaun watson instead of mitch trubisky deshaun wouldn't have acls left so it doesn't also true it's very true <laughs> So, um, but but speaking of people who don't want to be talking about teams anymore, Aaron Rodgers' saga of being done with the Packers has continued. It was really to to a head. It seemed like on draft night there or draft day uh, before the draft, there were a bunch of these reports that he was disgusted. He wanted out. Uh, he wasn't going to come back, um, which was all kind of you know put aside by the fact the GM said, yeah, we're not going to trade the reigning MVP of the league. Um, And that's where it is. But since then we've seen reports that he's considered retirement as an actual option. Do we think this flares anywhere or do we think this is another one of those? They're going to work it out because they've been saying these things for a while type of thing. My question is, what kind of Eric Collins humdiddly d bullshit was this to come out on draft day itself? Like, what, what kind of? I guarantee that's why they took a not a wide receiver in the first round is because he pulled that stunt. I guarantee the GM was probably like, you know what, we were gonna take a wide, we were gonna trade up and get two wide receivers, but you know what, Aaron, we're not gonna trade you and. What, what, did they get a defensive back? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's embarrassing. I think it's a little stupid on Aaron's part, and I think it's really bad on the Packers' part because they've mishandled the best quarterback in the league for however long. Like, I I think it's, the, I, I blame the Packers for Tom Brady being the best quarterback of all time because it should be Aaron Rodgers, but he, he's never going to get close <laughs> to that because Aaron Rodgers is 10 times more talented than Tom Brady is, but he doesn't to even scratch the surface of Tom Brady's success and he never will despite the Super Bowl like I I don't know I'm I'm kind of sick of Green Bay they I like them overall as like their history and whatnot but that 
that franchise, that front office is just kind of mishandled the situation is, for like three years. I was gonna say they mishandled anyone, it for like fourteen years. Yeah. Is is anyone in that division like actually likable right now? Like for real. I mean, I like Detroit there because they're they, they lean into it. Like, you know. Yeah. They they like they wear the Owen sixteen as a badge of honor almost. Like, you know. <laughs> you know. I guess that's fair. I, I guess I can I can commiserate with that. But that division is just but, and they got rid of Jim not Jim Schwartz. Um oh, what's his uh Pat Matt Patricia. They got rid of him. So you know, good job, Lions. <laughs> they fired somebody. That's why you can like the Lions. Ah, uh, a, a great, a great analogy for the city of of, of Detroit. Unfortunately, yeah, they got um, to write a pizza though. He gotta say, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but I guess the last thing that came out, um, Adrian, you added this this later, um, so I didn't get a chance to really look into it. But um, it's kind of been building up over the past couple weeks uh it really looks like deshaun watson's 21 2021 season as a football player is seriously in doubt probably not gonna happen um just because the the sexual misconduct assault whatever um cases are continuing to stack up and he will probably be in court for the foreseeable future um which means he won't be on the football field so He'll be wearing the wrong kind of suit. Um. <laughs> yeah, he'll be wearing the wrong kind of suit. Um, I mean, if you see, you've seen teams completely like back away from it after he was the hot commodity over the summer or over the off season, um, rather. Um, and you, I think the league has even opened up an investigation finally. Um, so, yeah, not any direction that you want to see that going in. Um, you know, like we said before, if those things are, are, are true, then he doesn't deserve to play another snap in the league, and that's that's pretty much that. Yeah, uh, and on that <laughs> bombshell, as as Top Gear used to say, uh, I think that's gonna be it for part one of our of our podcast this week. Um, so follow us on Twitter uh, at flight underscore pod. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week, and y'all stay safe and have fun out there. Peace. Peace.